Hey guys, welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of the Moose Lodge, where the wheels are always spinning. I'm your host, Chris Feria, and before we get started today, I have a couple of programming notes to share with you. So we were going to do this episode on disabled travel, but we've had some technical difficulties with that guest as far as their availability. So that guest is going to be on tomorrow. His name is Daniel Ahn, and he's a travel agent for a cruise line, and he specializes in disabled travel. So he'll be on tomorrow, and that'll be episode number five. So today, I'm going to give you guys a take on the NFL, and specifically quarterbacks and free agency, because I've gotten a lot of requests for sports topics, at least three of them. So I'm going to give you that take today, because I promised you guys daily episodes. And it won't focus on every quarterback, but it's going to focus on the ones that I can give you the most information and opinions on. Okay. So, there's that. And the second note is, if you're looking for our uh, podcast on Spotify now, it is there. If you're looking for episode 2, Chasing Chris, it's not there. Because I used an uh, introductory song that was from iTunes. By Miranda Lambert called Vice that they didn't like. So all the other episodes are there except that one I have since deleted that app, deleted that song. So hopefully it gets put up soon. I'm in negotiation with them to get that episode put on Spotify. But it is on Anchor. And I know some of you have listened to it. So keep doing that. And I also put a question out on my Facebook page today. That I want to get a feel for who's listening to my podcast and how often because I really want to again like I said it's my podcast but it's your show so I want to give the show towards whatever that demographic turns out to be as far as the audience hey guys so what we're going to do today is we're going to focus on the National Football League specifically the quarterback position and the high profile free agents that are out there or have signed already so I've got a list here that I'm going to go through. So I don't have opinions on every player. I just handpicked the ones that I had opinions on. And I could give you a good take on. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, first up here is on the list is Tom Brady. I talked about Tom Brady yesterday on my podcast with Josh Berger. About how I was surprised he didn't go to L.A. Um, other than the things I mentioned like... Him wanting to be in movies and being closer to his family and his wife being a model and things like that. I'm surprised that he's missing out on the warm weather, man. Yeah, Florida's got warm weather too, but they got the tornadoes and we just got earthquakes. And him being from California, he's used to those. So he's missing out, but that's on Tommy. So I'll let that be that there. And eventually, one day he may want to come to San Francisco. Who knows? Uh, next one on the list is a big one for me, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, because I think he missed the boat. For those of you who don't know, back in March, um, he was offered a $105 million contract for about four, maybe five years. He had a $6 million signing bonus, and then he would have gotten $33 million a year over the next four years. He is now franchise tag and has to make the average salary of an 
NFL quarterbacks. You know, so you go from $33 million to maybe $13 million, that's a big drop-off. Homeboy's got to remember that he has to look out for himself. I get that. But it's Jerry's world, and you're just playing in it. So you, you missed the boat there, man. The $105 million ain't going to come back again. And that's just blasphemous that he would pass up on that. But it's very clear to me that also the Cowboys have made him last on the priority. You got a guy in Amari Cooper who maybe at wide receiver position, which is the guys that catch the football, he touched the ball five times a game. He got $100 million. And you're over here making 13. Maybe less. Okay. So, obviously you're low on that priority list now, Zach. Because you got the franchise tag and they keep saying to you, they're going to take care of you. But really, are they? They gave you a shot already with that $105 million and you didn't take it. So, that's Jerry slap in the face to you, sir. And I hope you get your deal one day because you deserve it. But you should have taken it while you had it. <laughs> Next on the list here, Teddy Bridgewater. Homeboy got paid after five starts with New Orleans. He got three-year, $63 million contract from Carolina Panthers with their new head coach, Matt Rule. Okay, this is big for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm happy he got paid. If y'all remember who were sports fans when he was on the Minnesota Vikings during his younger years, he got hurt before he really got a chance to show himself. Rehab, went to New Orleans, did five starts when Drew Brees was hurt, was 5-0. and You know, and now he got paid by Carolina, so good for him, and I wish him the best of luck, and he deserves it because I hate to see when athletes get hurt and they lose their jobs because of it. So I'm happy to see him go and to Carolina and watch out for Carolina next year. They're, they're going to be a big threat with Christian McCaffrey, Kelvin Benjamin, and the weapons they have. Actually, Kelvin Benjamin is on Buffalo now, huh? Yeah, but they have some weapons there they can really utilize. So, he, he's going to do well there. You watch. This brings me, you know, to my next topic. The backup quarterback position now under Drew Brees, who signed with New Orleans for two years, for two more years. That leaves his backup spot open. I believe this is a good spot for Jameis Winston to go. Because Jameis Winston, with Tom Brady being in Tampa Bay, there's now a spot open with... Uh, New Orleans for him to go. A lot of people are thinking he's going to Pittsburgh, but they already have Mason Rudolph for the backup. Jameis Winston's going to have to go somewhere and be a backup as much as he doesn't want to be. But I think he's going to have to go to a hard-nosed coach like like a Sean Payton, who's very similar to Bruce Arians. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy, and he's known to be a quarterback whisperer and offensive guru. I think it would be good for Jameis Winston to go to... New Orleans for those two years and learn under Breeze and Peyton and really learn how to flourish and lead an offense there. It's going to 
really be good for him. And if he does need to play, he's got enough weapons around him. Now, I know New Orleans also has Taysom Hill out of BYU, but he's more of a, a hybrid or a scat back kind of player. They use him in di- different, a lot of rules, tight end, wide receiver on special teams. So, you know, he doesn't play quarterback that much. So, I could see James Watson being that backup quarterback, the true backup quarterback in New Orleans and having success, having an opportunity to learn. So, I hope he goes there because I think that's the best fit for him. And I like James Winston myself. Next on the list, Nick Foles going to Chicago Bears from Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I feel bad for this guy again because he gets hurt a lot. And everywhere he goes, it's either he's coming off success, then he gets hurt. So he's going to go to Chicago and challenge Mitchell Trubisky and... You know, his contract got reduced. I feel bad for the guy there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he challenges Mitchell Trubisky because now you have the guy that Matt Nagy, the head coach, chose. Instead of Matt, instead of Mitchell Trubisky, who he didn't choose. He wasn't part of the regime that drafted him. So don't be surprised if you see Nick Foles as the, maybe not the long-term solution at quarterback for the Chicago Bears, but maybe the stopgap. As they try to figure out what to do with Trubisky there. Every room he's been in. He's been successful I heard. That's not a knock on Mitchell Trubisky by any means. I like Mitchell Trubisky. You know. Chicago moved up one spot to get him in the draft a couple years ago. When he got drafted. But I, I don't see him being a fit there with Nagy. So we'll see what happens in Chicago. This could be the most interesting story of the NFL season as to what they do because it could go either way if Mitchell Trubisky has a great year and pushes Foles out where Foles doesn't need to play then we won't see it but if Trubisky struggles then Foles goes right in and we'll get a chance to see what he does you know Nick Foles could be a career long backup too after this his chances may be done for we'll see I think the book is still open on this one Next on the list is Marcus Mariota. He went to Oakland. It was undisclosed how much money he made last time I checked. But I, I believe they brought him in there to really push their car. And what it says to me is John Gruden is not sold on their car as much as he says he is. I mean, they did buy houses next to each other in Las Vegas. But John Gruden has a 10-year contract for $100 million dollars. And Derek Carr definitely ain't making that much. So, they're definitely married to Gruden in Oakland. And he's going to have a say. So, I think all he was looking for was a guy to push Derek Carr. And he's, you know, more mobile. So, I think that's that's going to play a factor too as well. So, good luck to him there. I think it's a good fit. Because I wouldn't be surprised if he did to Derek Carr what Tannehill did to him. Which is come in and... Blaze him because we all, we all, my personal opinion is Derek Carr's a good quarterback, but in the fourth quarter, he starts choking. And Marcus Mariota, maybe not so much in the NFL, but in college, he had shown himself at Oregon to be a clutch, clutch, clutch player, especially late in the game. So I, I think 
this could pay off for him, especially being in the Las Vegas market, which he's a lot closer to his Hawaiian roots than he would have been, or his Oregon roots, you know, than he would have been in, say, Tennessee. Maybe he felt out of place there. I know he he enjoys being close to home very much, Tennessee Mariota, so I think this will be a good fit. I think he's going to enjoy playing for a, you know, a hard-nosed uh, quality NFL coach like a John Gruden. So we'll, we'll see how this works out here. I, I see Mariota starting as a backup. But, again, don't be surprised if he's a starter or plays a wad at certain points throughout the season. <laughs> this is an interesting one here. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback, the backup quarterback in Tennessee last year. He was the dime a dozen. There wasn't really a market for him. He landed in Tennessee on a one-year deal, and now he got a four-year deal versus that, worth, I believe, somewhere around the neighborhood of $18 million or so. Maybe 118 if that's right. 118 million, four years, 118 million. I was surprised what Tannehill did, uh, given his lack of success in the NFL so far and his one-year period of success here that in Tennessee was that he didn't get franchise tagged and Derrick Henry did. I thought it was going to be the other way where Derrick Henry got a Zeke Elliott-type deal because he's been the leading rusher in the league and MVP and all this thing. I think he deserves a long-term deal and then I thought Tannehill was going to get tagged. That doesn't mean that Derrick Henry won't get that long-term deal because there is a deadline at some point in July for that to happen. But we'll we'll see. Um, I, I was really I was really surprised though. I thought he was gonna have to play under the franchise tag with Tennessee for another year and prove himself again. So good for him. I'm happy for him and his family that he found that place where he seemed to be happy. And also is making good NFL money now. So, congrats to him. And I hope, I hope it works out. I just went to Tennessee recently in February. And those people are tight and crazy. And there were still, you know, Mariota jerseys all over the place. So, it'll be interesting to see if they all switch to Tannehill now. We'll see. You know, um... Some 49er news, guys. Some 49er news here. They they uh, they lost Emmanuel Sanders the other day to New Orleans. And I don't blame him for going there because he can play with Breeze and be in that dynamic offense and be in Louisiana. You know, it's just a great city to be in. But they signed uh, Travis Benjamin today from the L.A. Chargers. Um, I don't know how sold I am on this. He doesn't seem to be productive. His most productive season was all the way in 2015 where he had 58 catches, and he seemed to be a speed guy, you know, maybe a third-down receiver type of guy. And I really think with the Wasp Sanders thing, he's that slot receiver, kind of that Julian Edelman type, which Sanders seemed to be playing in the role in that time. So I was really I was really surprised that, the, you know, they didn't make Emmanuel Sanders a priority. He seemed to be a big security burling for Jimmy Garoppolo. So... He said he wanted to stay, and, uh, and in my work, I had come across Emmanuel Sa- and their family quite a bit. They come in the store almost every week, 
So I'll be I'll be sad to see them go. I won't be uh, interacting with uh, Mr. Sanders and his family much more at this time. You know, so but good luck to him in New Orleans. I want to touch briefly on something else. Today, uh, today, uh, the Olympics got postponed to at least 2021. Good, good, good move by, good move by them. Good, good move by the Olympic Committee. I'm glad that uh, Tokyo area, uh, got on board with that. Because I know they were in discussions and they didn't want to for a long time. I know it's a hard decision to make. But, but it needed, it needed to be done, and, um, as much as, I think this is really going to hurt the country, though, a little bit, because they were expecting the Olympics, and in times like this, we need entertainment to bring the country together, and the Olympics definitely does that, whether you're a sports fan or not, so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sad to see them go, but, you know, Big, big ups, though, speaking of entertainment, to NASCAR. I'm not a NASCAR guy. I don't uh, watch NASCAR or car racing all that much. But, you know, they are they are still running. I don't know if you guys know this, but they are doing a virtual sense of that. They are having their drivers be in virtual cockpits off-site. They kind of look like car simulators or airplane cockpits, and they are doing the races remotely, which which I I think is awesome because it creates a whole nother world of esports, which is becoming a bigger and bigger thing these days. So I, I think it's awesome that we still have that level of entertainment, even if you're not in the car racing, it still creates a different experience for you that maybe future leagues can can get behind, you know, I, I, I can see maybe golf doing something like this, you know, where, where you're doing your swings remotely in a sense, and, and that, that would kind of work, but, you know, for team sports, I'm not really sure yet, you know, we're still waiting to see how that would kind of work out, so I, I know we can watch them remotely, but I'm not sure about playing them, uh, team sports remotely just because of the, the crowd and the physical contact that would be involved. But for non-contact sports, I think this is a this is a good thing is to go virtual because it'll still provide income for um, the athletes that are needing it. And uh, even though they probably have enough money. And it'll still provide entertainment for people of the world that still need it in this different time. Sorry, I'm messing with my iPad a little bit here. So real quick guys, I I just want to give you some other uh, programming notes before I head out here. I put a question out there today on my own personal Facebook page to kind of get a feel for my audience. So I want to know who's listening to my podcast and how many episodes they're listening to 
you know, so I can get a, a sense of that demographic, because I really want to, even though it's my podcast, like I said, it's, it's your show, so I want to, I want to push that, push the show towards that demographic, whatever that turns out to be, because right now I'm just going to my friends and family, and my intention is to go bigger and better with this, so, you know, the more information I can get, the better, you know, and if you want to have future discussions with me, that's possible. In the future, I will have that episode on disabled travel up, as well as an episode on um, disabled parenting, adaptive technology, as well as I'm going to have a, a friend of mine on from college and we'll discuss that relationship as well as I have a friend who became disabled after being quote unquote able-bodied completely. So I want to have that person on and we can have that discussion as well. So I hope you guys are looking forward to all those things and keep pushing more content my way. Um, a couple other, you know, just just another pl- a couple other plugs here is if you're looking for where you can find us, you can go to anger.com slash or anger.com.fm slash moose lodge. That's the main spot you can find us, and also on Spotify as well. All right, guys. Well, I hope, I hope you enjoyed this. Remember, at the Moose Lodge. Our ears are always open for more content.